like this is a pretty interesting fact though like i don't know if i can call him the father of cheating after saying this but i might as well just tell you so thomas edison taught his second wife morse code so that they could communicate secretly by tapping into each other's hands when family was around and to be quite honest i don't know whether i should call him the father of cheating at this point or if i can just call him like you know the father of going behind someone else's back at this point because like this was even before the era of like screenshots and whatsapp messages and private messages and snapchats and nudes and shit like this man was way ahead of his time although if anything i feel as though he should be classified in history as quite literally the most clever opportunist that has ever lived and i'm not saying this just because of the fact that he might have cheated or you know he's not the father of cheating and shit like this man is just very very good at taking things that people discovered and reworking them such that he ends up being like at the top of the food chain when it comes to shit like this because it's not like he discovered morse code like that was discovered by somebody else i'm sure he's not the person that invented cheating but he ended up taking both those things and he pretty much taught himself what it is that african parents would start learning to do so that they can make sure they have their conversations in the open while the kids aren't listening to shit like this is fairly revolutionary stuff but then again it's not like that's the last thing that he did uh he's most famously known with the invention of the light bulb but in reality he didn't even invent it like it seems a bit weird right and i kid you not he's not the person who invented the light bulb just don't get me wrong he is behind it but he's not the one who invented it he just happened to be the businessman that owned the company that invented it and in a sense it kind of did put him at the top of the food chain in that shit and when you think about it being enough of an opportunist that you get to the point where history knows your name for it even though you didn't really take part in the process like that's special like that's a special level on its own although i'm not going to lie he was a pretty interesting guy and he did have very solid ideas and you know he probably stole a few and you know turned them into something fairly amazing with his thinking cuz when you actually think about it he might have not been the first person to invent the light bulb per se but he was the first person to do porn yeah i'm not lying to you he was the first person to do porn okay not exactly doing porn but he did sort of create the first porn movie and it was roughly i think about 18 seconds or so you know made the news and everything although then again after doing a bit of research just before i started recording He wasn't the first person to do porn, it was actually his assistant who directed it. So in a sense, he also didn't invent that as well. But hell, we can call him the father of pornography either way, just the same way they have called him the father of the light bulb. But anyways, much as I may not know that much about Thomas Edison or his inventions, what I do know is that we have a podcast to do, and we should probably start this so in typical fashion. Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one Breaktime podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who is neither a father nor a participant of pornography. He is a man who still believes in running your mouth as a form of cardio. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denverby. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now as usual if there are tweets that you would like me to discuss if there are tweets that you are making that you would like me to discuss the drill is pretty simple usually you send them to me and I have a very simple drill for that and it goes like this 
You see that tweet? You like that tweet? You want us to discuss that tweet? You send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of at Bagaka the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. On Facebook, you can send it to the Facebook page at Breaktime on West Side. And on Instagram, you can send it to at Breaktime on West Side. Slide into the DMs there. The DMs are always open, and I will take it and handle it accordingly. Now, before I get into anything, I do just want to say for the record that if you feel as though my voice sounds a little bit different, it's not that I've changed mics or anything. I have been having a cold this week, started, you know, beginning of the end of last weekend. And if you listen to Battle of the Sexes and you felt that same way, that's pretty much the reason why. Just figured I should bring that out there. I will be well soon enough. And then, you know, you'll get back to listening to my voice and whatever greatness it carries. Not unless if you are a fan of the sound of me with a cold, then I don't know how to help you because, well, it's not like I'm always trying to get a cold. Then also, we have about two weeks before I go on break again, when, you know, the whole 12 episode cycle ends. And if you've listened to Break Time on Westside long enough, then you know that whenever I'm on holiday, I like to have a short series that I can have running for the four weeks when I'm on break. Now, for those of you all that don't know the series that's been running before, it is called Fan of a Fan, and I am still continuing with Fan of a Fan. And I am open to knowing whichever guests you'd want me to have on, if there's some from the previous episodes that you'd want me to bring back, if there's certain topics that you'd want me to rehash, if there's certain questions that you'd want me to answer. I am open and ready to take each and every one of them. I just figured I should say that. I should have probably added it last week. I think I just forgot on both occasions. But yeah. That's what I wanted to say and we should probably move it on. And before we get into anything too serious, I want us to talk about the Tokyo Olympics for a second. And no, I'm not having any trans problems right now or talking about the sports in general. So please, if you had caught a feeling in Battle of the Sexes, then you can just chill. I'm not going to say anything concerning that. What I am going to say is about something that the New York Post had actually published and I happened to find on Twitter. And if anything, it actually paints Tokyo and, you know, Japan in general as one of those places where people like to innovate because Japan is a place in the world where people like to invent things. Because I know that the guy with the highest number of patents in the world should be from Japan if I'm not wrong. Also, they have this pillow that will hold you while you're up at night. They have the robots that'll, I don't know, be your friend and shit. They have these super advanced toilets that'll have the whole hands-free cleaning features and shit. And also, if I'm not wrong, I think they have sex bots that'll actually talk to you. But that aside, that aside, like I know that they've invented a ton of things. And I think this should have probably been the highlight of the Tokyo Olympics instead of whatever it is that, you know, they are doing with the trans people. Uh, so apparently, they developed beds made out of cardboard for the Olympics. Kid you not, they made cardboard beds that the New York Post was referring to as anti-sex. And the reasoning behind it was they did not want a lot of these athletes who had COVID to go and sleep with other people who didn't have COVID and spread the COVID around. Because even though the Tokyo Olympics is going on, well, we can't exactly forget the pandemic that has brought a lot of standstill to the world. And you know, COVID just like love is blind. It won't see an athlete and say, you know what, I want him to represent Bolivia and help them win. Or, you know, I want the USA to make sure they get zero medals or some shit. No, it'll just infect whoever it is that it can. And apparently this was why they invented the cardboard bed. So, you know, you try banging, you know, it, it collapses and it goes down. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, nothing can happen. 
except that the only problem with this is most of this is absolute bullshit. And I'm talking about the article in itself, not the cardboard beds. The cardboard beds do exist. The reason why I'm saying that this is bullshit is because, first of all, the Japanese aren't dumb people. Like, they're inventors and they have their challenges and everything, but they're not dumb people to say the least. And because I know they're not dumb people, I'm sure that they'd have actually thought this through and they would have known for a fact that cardboard beds would not have stopped people from actually having sex. Because let's be very honest, you don't need a bed to have sex. You can do it standing, you can do it in the shower. Hell, you can lay your yoga mat on the floor and do it there very comfortably. So for them to make cardboard boxes in the name of bed so that people don't do it, I think that's a little bit dumb. It's almost like having a Russian man saying that he can't differentiate between gin and vodka. Or like having a Maasai man packing up for you chicken and calling it beef. Like, they know their shit. And they most definitely wouldn't be making such errors. Then, second of all, I also did do a bit of research into this whole anti-sex cardboard thing. And yes, there is the whole anti-sex thing considering that they've gotten less condoms this time than previously, but even then, there's the whole idea that these guys were being supplied with the condoms so that they can take them back to their home countries and, you know, spread the whole awareness of safe sex. But, you know, let's be honest, that's absolute bullshit as well. Then also, that cardboard bed that I was just talking about, an Irish gymnast actually went and tested it out and actually recorded a video of himself jumping around the thing. That thing did not break. Hell, that shit was sturdy as hell. It did not collapse at all. So if anything, the New York Post just hoodwinked us. So if you are in Tokyo and you do feel like having sex but you've seen the cardboard beds and you're scared, don't worry. Go and bang around in them and then give us a report. But anyways, that being said, we should probably move it on. So on to our first tweet. Only women, children and dogs are loved unconditionally. A man is loved only on the condition that he provides something. Now, this particular tweet was made by a man who was once a rapper and at some point as he was a celebrity and he sort of fell off, he decided to become some sort of a relationship and sex therapist that just so happens to know how to talk to the guys and say things that guys should probably hear. That man was once a player, could have been considered a player once, but he is none other than the game. Now, I have discussed the game before and I have discussed how, you know, empty some of the shit he says is. And you know how some things that he does say actually do carry a little bit of sense, if anything. And when I saw this post, not just on Twitter, but also on his IG stories, I sort of thought to myself, this man must really love plagiarism with the way he's playing around with this shit. Now, the interesting thing is he actually did end up pulling the tweet down because I think he was called out for his plagiarism because he's not the original person who said this. The person who originally said this was Chris Rock during a stand-up. And it is true and it is something that I have used on this podcast way, way back. And, you know, maybe if I have the time during editing, I'll just throw it in somewhere here. But the thing now with all of this is it is entirely true. And I think because he knows how true it is, that's why he wanted to kind of shout it on top of the mountains and everything. Because, yes, I get it. People will be like, oh, you know, it's not like women don't have value or they don't have to contribute something to be valued. And yes, I totally get that. But 
for you to understand the true meaning of this i think you kind of have to think about it like this if god forbid my parents were to pass away and me and my brother are supposed to go and live uh, somewhere else and say you know we go to my uncles or we go to our cousins or something we'd probably be taken in and we'd be told you know what you can come in and you can stay up until you can get up on your feet now if me and my brother were female and we went through that entire process again and you know we're at our uncle's or an aunt's or a cousin's place or something then we would be told you know what you're welcome you can stay as long as you like and the difference is as a guy the minute you are considered to be a man you're required to be producing some level of value that should create for you some level of income that can help you sustain yourself and because of that you are very commonly expected to have gone and started out your own life and started building your own shit whether you start from the bottom whether you start from the top ideally that's not a part of anyone's reasoning society just believes in that form of culture very very strongly and because of such that's why you will find that you are loved on the condition that you provide which is why you will find that for a husband one of the worst nightmares is being the one who is unable to provide for the family like being at a position where you're unable to provide for your family that's probably one of the worst nightmares for just about every single married man that's out there and i can totally get that i'm not saying that women are invalued or that women uh don't come in and create some level of income and should move out and build that shit no i'm not saying that i'm just saying for guys it's almost like a duty that is imparted on us by culture and you know upbringing and shit that being said we should probably move it on so on to the next tweet i was once told by a babe you'll have to work to get to me i'm not like the other girls and that was the end of the conversation okay just to kind of clear things up here I was reading the tweet with that accent not necessarily saying that that tweet was written in that accent. I don't know how people would have a tweet written in a certain accent. I was just saying that because it was a quoted statement on the tweet. But anyways, that being said, let me try and break it down. Um first of all, I do hear this statement coming out quite a bit with a lot of babes and it's said to a lot of guys and I feel like there's a certain element of bullshit in this, but I can feel like there's some truth there or there could be some truth there. Although here's the thing, when somebody's saying that you'll have to work to get to me, I don't know. Like, does that mean that now I have to put in the work just so that I can be worth her or enough for her? Like it seems a bit odd for me to actually think of that. Yes, I know there's guys that will do that from time to time. and you know sometimes we'll call them simps sometimes we'll call them successful simps and you know other times we might not really have a name for them but i feel as though if you are working towards something then it should be towards bettering yourself and bettering yourself doesn't necessarily make you worth somebody else if anything you're probably both worth the same up until you guys put some value to each other or at least you know put some value to yourselves and also here's the thing I don't know if it's just me who usually goes through this or maybe it's 
the other guys i don't know probably the fellas can admit to whether this is true or false but it's like every single babe that usually says i'm not like the other girls is usually like the other girls like it's a very interesting thing like there's actually a certain name for it where you know you feel like you are special and you are like the chosen one or some shit uh you know maybe if you know the name you can probably you know drop it in the comments on castbox or whichever app you're using or you know you can just send it to me on ig but every single time a babe comes up to me and as they're talking starts to talk about how they're not like other girls i usually kind of switch off because i know that they're typically like every other girl and i'm not saying this because i feel like i'm special or i know how every girl behaves no I just feel as though there are certain generic ways that certain babes who usually say that usually behave. Now, am I saying that I am special? Yeah, I think I am. I personally do think that I am special and I am unique in my own way. But will you catch me busy telling somebody that I'm not like other guys? Oof, no, because I don't know, like there's a ton of guys that probably behave the same way I do on a social level. So if anything, I feel like I'm probably just like every other guy. So, I don't know, even as I talk about this right now, I feel like there's a lot of BS in this statement alone because when you think about it, if I do actually put in the work and I get to a position where you feel like I am worth you as a person, you know, with all of your ego and everything, you know, provided you can or can't provide some things, I probably will be at a much higher level than you probably are, just saying. Because usually women are hypergamous and they will go for what is higher than where they are. So technically for me as a guy being in the position where you feel like I'm at your level, then it means that I might not necessarily be on your level, but I might be much higher. And if I'm much higher, then I can probably go for babes that are at a much higher level or pretty much just more babes that are on your level. So if there's a babe that does feel this way, then they've probably shot themselves in the foot by actually recommending this to the guy. But anyways, that being said, we should probably move it on to our final tweet. So on to the last tweet. A man goes to your family, respectfully pays your dowry before bringing you into his sanctum. He also changes his life to make you comfortable and provides for your needs. But you won't wake up at 5am to make him breakfast? Leave him and back to your village and sleep all day. Okay, now I can get why if I agree to this, it'll anger some people. And if I disagree with this, then, you know, it just won't be me because, you know, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the guys here and I totally agree on this. But here's the thing. When you look at the whole thing that she's mentioned, it's a very cultural way to look at marriage. And I feel as though there's a lot of women today that do not want to look at marriage that way, that do not look forward to such things. And some of them have even turned down the idea of marriage based off of this definition of marriage, because they're saying they do not want to be uh, sold for goats or cows just to be someone else's helper and have to wake up at 5am to cook for him or you know stay up late and take care of him and yet she has her own life to go and build. And I can totally understand why they'd say that. Which is why I'm just gonna come out to say that a lot of people get this shit wrong. Now you will find that yes a man will go to your family respectfully and pay the dowry to bring you into his sanctum. 
But here's the thing. Dowry isn't a one-time payment. And the problem is a lot of people treat dowry like it's some form of a slave trade. Yet it isn't. At the very least, it's actually a token of appreciation. Which is why in a lot of cultures, you will find that the idea of paying dowry once isn't really that. Dowry is something that is consistently paid. Like, I can remember when we were kids, there was a friend of mine that used to tell me that her dad would always go to, like, the mom's side of the family's village and go to the maternal grandmother and grandfathers and always carry something, I think, every five years or so. And I think that's probably the more accurate representation of dowry because if you bring it all at once, then it's actually considered to be some form of disrespect. Then to skip over the making himself comfortable bit because of time, there's the whole, you know, not wanting to wake up at 5am and make him breakfast. Now, usually whenever babes talk about this entire process and add the breakfast part, they usually say that and then they add all this for a man that'll end up cheating on you. And for some reason, I usually hear that and I'm like, well, yes, there's that, but do you really think that all of us guys are gonna cheat and yes there's a lot of guys that will cheat there's a lot of guys that do cheat but unlike what some of y'all might actually think about all of this guys actually do end up cheating for these same exact reasons like there's guys that will cheat because their wife wasn't the one that woke up to make breakfast for him at 5 a.m when he was leaving the house it was the house help the 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 wife wasn't the one that would receive him whenever he came home at 11 or midnight it was the house help you know the wife wasn't the one that was checking up on him and making sure that his day is going well and it's efficient it's the secretary uh the the wife wasn't the one that was asking him how his day was wasn't you know trying to treat him like a king and shit it was a side piece that he'd see right after he came from work in the apartment that he's probably paying for where she probably stays so if anything you choosing not to do this is probably what could be making him cheat and just like a man once said on a podcast somewhere on youtube the modern woman wants a traditional man but does not want to be a traditional woman but anyways I could be pretty wrong about this and I want to know your thoughts on this. The DMs are always open. On Twitter, it is at BagakaTheD, which is my personal Twitter handle. On Facebook, it is at BreakTime on Westside. You can slide into the page there and drop your thoughts and comments. And on Instagram, it is at BreakTime on Westside. And you can go and slide your DMs right there. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through CastBox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>